Yo. Yo. Okay. Do, do I sound less less loud now? Yes. How about me? Do I, what do I sound like? Oh, you sound wonderful, Aaron. You sound absolutely. You just sound so sexy. Okay. I think um, we should. I don't even. I think this should be our intro. Just leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> just, just leave it in there. Why not? Uh, people should know. People should know the exclusive behind-the-scenes footage of uh, the start of our podcast, mate. Well, I guess it's a bonus episode, so... Yeah, exactly. So, hello, everyone. We may as well get into it. Um, I'm Daniel. I'm Aaron. Me and Aaron, unfortunately, are not in the same room again. We are leading by example and keeping our social distance from each other yes. due to uh, the COVID-19 outbreak. It's a shame. I would like to have seen you. Never oh. mind, uh, to match that beautiful face to the sexy voice, Aaron. Well, that makes one of us. Yeah, thanks. Um, so, obviously, no football, there's no sport, there's no anything, there's no joy in the world. So, we've got a bit of a job today. Um, the one thing that I had noticed is, just as far as fantasy football goes, on the Champions League website, it did say that um, that on the gaming hub, there would it's an official postponement of the games. Not 100% sure on what that means in terms of the fantasy game, but I imagine it means that the next sort of group of fixtures for the second legs are all going to be their own match day, which could be interesting. I don't know how the transfers are going to work for it or or anything like that, but if they do give you a few free transfers, I think that's going to be really interesting to try and obviously get a match day team all set up for just those four games. Have you I'd had a look at it? To be fair, yeah, no, yeah. No, I haven't heard anything. This is the first time hearing about it. I knew that the fantasy Premier League had are going to postpone it and make it double game weeks, so it's going to go as normal until then. Yeah, but I hadn't heard anything about the Champions League one. To be fair, with the lack of sport in my life. I've forgotten that fantasy football exists. It's a, it's a, it's sad a harsh time. world. It is. It's not very nice. Um, but we're here. We are trying to do something. So we've set ourselves a little challenge today and we sort of want everyone to play along. Feel free, obviously, if you want, once we've sort of said what we're going to do, to pause this podcast and write out your own teams. But um, I set the challenge to Aaron. Um, basically to make some fantasy 11s for the Champions League. So just as, as sort of a heads up of what the, the rules were, it is just Champions League, not European Cup. So we are only going back so far because uh, we have, well, we had lives until this. So maybe next week we do have enough time to do some research on European Cups. But for the minute, we're just doing Champions League. That's our lifetime. Um and basically, what we needed to do was make four starting 11s. Uh, Aaron did all four. I've just done three, so I'm not too sure what we'll do on the last one. I might try and guess his team. Um, but the general constraints were we had to pick a La Liga 11 made up of only Spanish players, a Serie A 11 made up of only Italian players, a Bundesliga 11 made up of only German players, which I didn't do, and a Premier League eleven made up of only English players. With that in mind, this is based on Champions League performances only. So there are going to be some big names left out of here. 
because their performances in the Champions League either were non-existent or just weren't as uh, as successful as some other players that we've got here. I just thought it was a little bit more interesting than just picking generic teams that we've got Messi and Ronaldo in. Obviously, before anyone loses their heads, Messi can't be in this and neither can Ronaldo. Uh, so, Aaron, did you manage to get on successfully? You've got all your players and your team sorted? I believe so. I don't know about the Champions League performances only. I've done it if they've played in the Champions League. Okay, so this is going to be interesting then because we've both had... We should have slightly different teams. So I've gone off their Champions League performances, not necessarily what they've done in the league. Yeah, so I've done it to where that... Like, so, for example... um, Trying to think of an example real quick. If I put in Xabi Alonso... Okay. Then it has to be the Real Madrid version because yeah. he fits the criteria. It can't be the Liverpool version that actually won the Champions League. Yeah, or the Bayern Munich but, version. Yeah, but he still appeared in the Champions League, so I've done it. Oh, okay, interesting. Like that. So, yeah, see, I've done it for... They had to obviously play for that team, so, yeah, you're right. Um, I couldn't pick... Steve McManaman, because although he played for Liverpool, he didn't do anything in the Champions League, he won it and scored in the final for Real Madrid. It has to be matching the nationality to the league that, that they were successful in, really, for the Champions League. We've also picked out a few substitutions and a goal... Uh, not a goalkeeper, I hope we picked a goalkeeper, a manager for each team as well. Um, so let's get into it. Let's do a Serie A first because this was by far and away the hardest for me. So what we'll do is we'll go through our teams, we'll go through our formation we're having, and Aaron and I will then, if there's any differences, try and argue our points as to who should get in. There are some players that I'm probably going to willfully hand over here, but um, we'll see. So Serie A team, who's your goalkeeper, Aaron? Daniel uh, Luigi Buffon. Interesting. Mine's Angelo Peruzzi. Okay, explain. Uh, so, Buffon's never won the Champions League. Okay. Peruzzi won it in 1996. He saved two pens in the shootout that won it against Gianluigi Buffon's team. Um, and he has two runner-up medals in 97 and 98. Interesting. Uh, I picked Buffon... Because he's lost a lot. <laughs> well, <laughs> one, he's made it... I know... Champions League winning the side, he has made it pretty obvious that he, his career wouldn't be complete without the Champions League. Yeah. But in that time, he's won a lot more. Uh, and so he's a successful goalkeeper and holds... I can hear an ice cream truck. I was going to say, yeah, there's an, an ice cream truck. Uh, yeah, Aaron's uh, other half is from America, so he occasionally uses some American terms. An ice cream van, Aaron. But yes, there is an <laughs> ice cream van. Selling drugs, not ice cream, though. I just don't get it. Self-isolation. <laughs> 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 get yourselves out. It's also, also, can I just say, it's the middle of March. I'm in the northeast of England. What? You can have an ice cream. I know it's sunny, but it's freezing. Oh, anyway. Yeah, Buffon has won a lot. Agreed. He's won an awful lot. 
the um, but for me, just with it being a Champions League team, and he hasn't won a Champions League, he's been on the losing end. He's conceded a fair few goals in Champions League finals as well. Um, I believe they've kept the same amount of clean sheets in Champions League finals. Prutzi and Buffon kept a clean sheet in the same game that drew nil nil. Which, if anyone remembers our first podcast, is the first proper Champions League final I managed to watch without having to sort of turn it off and on when my parents came upstairs for the 99 final. Um, it was really boring as well, absolutely terrible. There are a few players from that final though in this. But yeah, I I just think, obviously, Prutzi has won it. He saved two He saved two pens in that shootout that won Juventus a Champions League. And I think that was the last... I think that was the last Champions League they've won. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I can't. I don't think I could not put him in. And also, he has won a lot as well. He won a lot at Juventus before. Obviously, Buffon was playing, or when Buffon was at Parma, he's technically got a World Cup winner's medal because he was one of the reserve goalkeepers on Italy's bench. Um, but yeah, if, as far as a Champions League team goes, I'd have him over Buffon. Not saying that Prutzi was a better goalkeeper overall than Buffon, but in terms of Champions League performances. He, and he did get to a lot of finals. He got to the 97 final, the 98 final. Uh, how many? Do you know how many finals Buffon's been in? Um, yes, I do. Let me just find it on the spreadsheet. You've got, you've got a spreadsheet for everything. I love a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> Without... Life is incomplete without spreadsheets. Okay, so he has got to a runners-up in the Champions League. He actually, well, I don't know what this was. Was the UEFA Cup? Oh, he won a Europa League with uh, Palmer. That's interesting. And he's got a runners-up in the Champions League. I'd guess twice. I think it's three times. Three times. Yeah, I was about to say. I think it's three times. Um, he has also won. He was in the ultimate team of the year. Uh, what is that for FIFA? No, um, UEFA did it. Oh, like an actual. Oh, I thought you meant like a like an ultimate team. No, I was uh, like, this, <laughs> that does not count. He was in a Euro team of the tournament twice. A goalkeeper, Ballon d'Or runner-up. In 2006. Yeah, he's, he's been a lot in. Yeah, yeah he's quality. Up. He is absolutely quality. Runner up three times. So, are we allowed to say bad things that they've done then to like discredit each other? Yeah, go for it. It's about so, time we've argued on this podcast. Yeah. Um, well, I'd say that his behavior in the semi final against Real Madrid. Yeah was absolutely shocking what he said about Michael Oliver afterwards. But it was a penalty. It was a penalty. His behaviour then was absolutely abysmal. Um, He was also pretty poor in the final that they lost against Real Madrid. That goal by Casemiro, he was just so slow. You could tell that age was getting to him. It wasn't him at his peak by any means. But yeah, I think that he's made key errors. And ultimately, in the one-on-one versus Peruzzi for a penalty shootout, he came out second best. Mm-hmm. So that's we can put it on the back burner. That can be an argument for later because I've got a feeling I'll hand over every single one of the rest of them. Oh, but 
for a Champions, <laughs> but for a Champions League final and for a Champions League player, I'd personally put in Peruzzi. Okay, so that's both of our goalkeepers. Who have you right. got in? Well, what formation well, are you using? I was literally about to say, I'm going for. I don't know how you want to describe this. I've tried to stick to. Oh, no, I haven't. I'm telling a lie for the Premier League team. Right, so I've went for a 5 2 1 2 for this. Okay. Because Italians tend to play like three or five at the back, however you want to look at it. Yeah. Also, I found it really difficult to pick players elsewhere in the pitch when Italians are famed for having defenders. Yeah. Um, also, just for my subs, Gianluigi Buffon is my subs, by the way. Just let you know. <laughs> um, I thought I'd give you that one there. Uh, so, what formation have you gone for? I went for a 3-5-2. So, 3-5-2. So, let's go for the three centre-backs, first of all, then. Okay. Let's see who have got the same. I'll name my three for centre-backs. I've gone for Alessandro Nesta, Alessandro costa Curta, and Kiro Ferrara. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay, I've went Paolo Mandini. Who? That's not a name. Paolo Mandini. Maldini. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, uh, if, yeah. Uh, Fabio Cannavaro. Okay. And Nesta. Right, okay. So Paolo Maldini is my left back. He did play left back in a couple of finals. And yeah, my right back is Chisotti. So, right, let's get this uh, Cannavaro thing out of the way. He's done absolutely nothing in the Champions League. So, just to clarify, remember when we were saying that I didn't pick it on Champions League performances. Yeah. I picked it who was the best centre-backs in Serie A, who were Italian. And yeah. consecutively, Cannavaro for Juventus has been a really good player. Um, yeah, won a Ballon d'Or. I'm not denying for his that. World he's Cup cool. performances. Yeah, he's absolutely brilliant. Like he's amazing. Like if this was that, then fair enough. Yeah, he'd go in. But in terms of like Champions League, before, like this is a Champions League eleven. Fabio Cannavaro's done absolutely nothing. Like nothing at all. Whereas. If we look at the... So, we both had Nesta in at centre-back, right? Yes. So, pretty obvious. Two Champions League wins in 2003-2007. Yeah. He kept a clean sheet in 2003. Uh, he scored in the pen shootout in 2003 as well. Easily goes in. Um, he's also got, obviously, a runners-up medal for 2005. Um so I've got to battle my other two centre-backs. Who was your third centre-back, did you say? Maldini. Oh, Maldini. So Maldini, yeah, I've got on a left-back, because he did play left-back. Yeah. Uh, he's got three Champions League final wins in 94, 2003, 2007. He's got two European Cup wins, which I know we're not counting, but I think it is just a good buff like to back him up in 89 and 90. He kept clean sheets in 94 and 2003. He got a goal in 2005, even though they lost. So that's eight finals in total. Um, and he got man of the match in 2003. He's one of the best centre-backs and left-backs of all time. He played in both positions. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see. I reckon, yeah, it'll just be interesting to see who you've got a left-back and right-back. I imagine Zambrot is one of them, um, as a guess. The um, 
but my other two centre backs, so I've got Kira Ferrara. He scored in the shootout in 1996. He's got um, one Champions League win and a clean sheet in 2003. He's also like one of the best centre backs ever for Italy as well. Like he was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and Alessandro Costa Curta. He's technically got three Champions League winner medals, although he actually played in one of those. He was suspended in 94, but he was a key part of the team to get there. Uh, he was on the bench in 2007, uh, and he played and got a clean sheet in 2003. But he does have two European Cup wins um, in 89 and 90. So I think that just, again, shows his class. Like, he, he was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also got... Um, He's also been a runner-up in the Champions League final once as well. So, again, a key performer in getting his team to the final of a European competition. So, yeah, I just think he's absolutely quality as well. Who were your fullbacks? Um, so, I've not went for a left fullback because Maldini's so good. And <laughs> you, you didn't go for a left foot. Okay, did you put in a midfielder or something? Yeah. As your left back, okay. <laughs> so I've got Zambrotta on the right, like kind of like a right wing back, even though yeah. I was... So I've been debating with the defensive shape for the Italian team. Obviously, three centre... Well, they've got so many good centre-backs, it's hard to choose who your starting ones are, in my opinion. Yeah. And so, but Zambrotta was definitely right back. Uh, yeah, he has, I looked, he has to be in there. I looked at Zambrotta, and again, he did nothing in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, nah. And obviously, he was quality for teams outside of Italy as well as in Italy. But he didn't even win like a major. I'm sure he was like quite old when he won his first major trophy. He was great during the World Cup. But I had had a look at him because I was thinking, oh, he could be a player, but he didn't do anything in the in the Champions League at all. It's true. And then. So, on the other side, it's hard because Italians aren't very, I don't know, not many Italian wingers make it into starting 11s these days. So, but in recent memory, uh, I've went for Lorenzo and Insigne. Okay, interesting. <laughs> so... <laughs> Literally because of how hard the challenge was, <laughs> uh, I went. I chose him. However, thinking about it, I probably the team might be better with Maldini as a left back. Yeah, and then you could potentially put another centre back in there. Yeah, and make it a back four. I don't know, but it's a hard team so I went with Insigne yeah. just for shape okay well my right back to Sotti um, won the Champions League in 93 kept a clean sheet in that game he was captain as well and it was a 4-0 win over Barcelona who had won it two years ago which shows just what a player he must have been a little bit before my time I was there uh, I would have been three years old turning four that summer for that game um, he's also finished runner-up and he won a European Cup as well as a right-back so yeah, absolutely brilliant player 
again, for a Champions League team, he's just got more credentials than Insigne or, or Zambrotta. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was hard getting this because it, it seems to go in cycles of, of who's dominant. So it seemed to be Italy, then Spain, then England, then Spain. Uh, so with like little lashes of Germany. So it was quite hard to try and find all this stuff out because like I said, it's a little bit before our time, some of these. Um, so you've got players in the midfield. How many sort of... So you see you've got five, you've got five defenders... Or was it three five two? Did you say? I don't remember. Yeah, it was three five two. Uh, so technically, there's it's kind of Zambrotta and Singers on the same line as the two defensive mids. Who are? I've got Gattuso. Okay. And Perlo. Yes, we agree. <laughs> so Perlo, two Champions League trophies in two thousand three and seven. You got a. Very fortunate assist in the 2007 final, um, and he's finished runner up twice. Gattuso, exactly the same, except for without an assist in 2007. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't have much choice really yeah. for the amount of Italians that have played in the Champions League. Yeah, who you got next? Pretty much, we'll may as well move on. That was quick, yeah. easy attack in mid behind the front two. I've got Del Piero. Yeah, me too. Champions League final win. 42 goals in the Champions League for Juventus. Yeah. Uh, he was top goal scorer with 10 goals in the 97-98 season. He scored in the penalty shootout in 2003, even though they lost. He scored in the 97 final, which they won, I think. No, 96 they won. But he scored, yeah, he scored in a 3-1 defeat in 97. Um, and he played in four finals, 96, 97, 98 and 2003. What a player. One of my favourite players of all time. Yeah, he's really good. Unbelievable. Uh, that's so not got... really good. That's an understatement. He is so yes, good. Yes, he is very, very good. Uh, he, <laughs> one of the best Italian players he's been. An incredibly handsome man as well. In fact, this would this would be a good best-looking 11, to be <laughs> fair. Um, so you got two forwards yeah. playing ahead of him. So right, who are your two forwards? Debatable one. Again, yeah. I forgot about the Champions League stipulation. <laughs> so I I went for length of service for Francesco Totti. Okay. And Simone Inzaghi. Simone Inzaghi. No, no, no. That's his brother who manages uh <laughs> That's his brother who manages Lazio. Okay. Yeah, right I was going to say what? <laughs> Filippo Inzaghi. Yeah. yeah, so I've gone for Filippo Inzaghi as well, so get him out of the way. Um 46 goals in the Champions League, so he's the 10th highest goal scorer. He got two goals in the 2007 final. One was very fortunate, like I say, from Perlo's free kick. Um, obviously, he's got one win in the, for 2007. He played in three finals in total in 98, 2003 and 2007. And he got the 2007 Man of the Match. Kind of, yeah, like, I mean, he was one of the first names on my team. Mm-hmm. Like, when I thought of this team, the very first players I put in were Maldini, Nesta, Del Piero and Inzaghi, like they're just straight away. Um, my other forward, because again, Totti's not done anything in the Champions League, is very debatable, but it's Daniele Massaro. Okay. 
I know, I'd never heard of him either. Um, he won the Champions League in 1994. He got two goals in the final and one goal in the semi-final. He does have a European Cup win as well in 1990 and he finished runner-up in 1995. So I thought, if you've got two goals in a final, you've won it and you've got the goal to get you through to the final. And it's just, I think it was just his time period where obviously he's got a European Cup win as well. So it's like, you know, when they move across from one to the other, it's a bit harsh on some of the players because yeah. they miss out because they don't get a full run at it. Um, but yeah, just, I don't know if I had a career and I'd done that when no other, the only other player that's done that, scored two goals in a final is Philippe Onzaghi. So if you want to put one in, I felt like I kind of had put the other. Fair enough, Inzaghi scored consistently. I mean, 46 goals in the competition for Juventus in Milan. It's unbelievable. But um, I, mean, I think Massaro's only got like seven goals in total or something daft. For, um, but he did finish like in terms of like league positions. He was a part of that unbelievable Milan team. He finished top goal scorer for them two seasons, I think. Um, back when Golden Boot winners would get 12 goals. So... He actually was a quality player, and he was playing with in an unbelievably good team. And it's just because we haven't heard of him. I don't think it was pretty fair to leave him out. My um, my other players were Mauro Simone. I can't even remember why I put him in. I think he scored once. And Panucci at the back, Christian Panucci. Interesting. Who were your subs? Uh, my subs, I had, again, a bit uh, debatable. So three subs. I had Chiellini yep. again for length of service. I would. I tried so hard to fit him in my team, but I just couldn't because uh, his prime was in Chelsea. Gianfranco Zola. Yeah. Uh, it was a bit before the time as well, and uh, Roberto Baggio. But he was most even though he played in the Champions League era. His ta- his prime was before, yeah, before this. I couldn't fit him in, but he's good enough to make the bench. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, right. So, but what? Oh, who was your manager? Italian manager. Great question yeah. that I forgot to look into. <laughs> okay, I've got Ancelotti. He got two wins with Milan. Yeah. He also won it once with Real Madrid. Yeah, uh, and he got a runner, and he got a runner-up medal as well. We'll go with him as well, Carlo and Chalotti. Right, so picking this team, uh, it's hard because they're both went off different stipulations. Yes. I think if I was to do like a best 11, then you're absolutely right. There are players that I would swap out for sure. Um, like, of course, Zola would be in this team. He's unbelievable. There would be other players that I would have in instead of some of these players as well. Um, like and Zambrotta would definitely get in for me, just for how for my own nostalgia. Yeah. But if we were to do based on Champions League performances, I don't think I don't I don't think any of your players would get in ahead of mine. But I don't <laughs> know. But like, it, but I, it's hard because obviously it depends on the teams that they're playing for. Sometimes they're not playing for teams that are as strong. Yeah, I think it's. I think the most hardest one to <laughs> speak English, Aaron. Uh, I think the hardest one to to try not to fit in is Conovaro, even though yeah. he didn't do the Champions League like what you were saying. 
he was such a good defender. Some people can argue that his prime was in Real Madrid, but... It definitely was. He actually struggled at first. Yeah. When he first moved from... It was a Parma he got signed from? Uh, he... I think I think Parma was his first club. Yeah, once he got signed but... away from Parma, he struggled. And then, and then obviously, he was fantastic. And he was one of the best centre-backs of our lifetime. Yeah. Like, undoubtedly. Um, and his performances in the World Cup were unbelievable. Yeah, he signed... He was... He played for Juventus when they had won the World Cup. Well, he was signed in yeah. that summer. It's just... It obvi- yeah, it's just, like I say, for doing... A, we'll do a Champions League podcast, trying to do a Champions League team. I, I suppose... You know what? One, oh, he's the last defender know. to win a Ballon d'Or. Yeah. And I think if he played for another team, mm-hmm. like if he played in that Milan team... Any of the like, he like he'd win, he'd, he'd he'd win trophies. Yeah. Um, I think he played in a very unbalanced Real Madrid team. He, I think he did struggle once he moved from Parma, as well. And I'm sure the Juventus team that he played in hadn't they just been promoted again because of the match fixing mm-hmm. when they got relegated to Serie B, so they weren't even. Yeah, they were, like I don't even think they were in the Champions League for the first season he was there. I think that obviously had to build up to it. Yeah, so, that's true. It's hard. It's a yeah. It, it, obviously, because it's. I mean, the Champions League was. I think the first year of it was nineteen ninety two. Yeah. So it's hard because that covers a lot of time, and obviously, I only started yeah. following football in two thousand and eight. Yeah. So. I'm the gonna, Italian I'm teams were so dumb. I'm going to lean yeah. more towards the newer players, but. Yeah. Mind you, I couldn't think for my life of the left-sided player. So, hey, uh, Insigne scored a wonder goal <laughs> in the Champions League <laughs> once. So, we'll go with that. I definitely, I definitely think Maldini needs to be left-back because then that frees up another centre-back in the middle. Yeah. So, we've got Nesta. Um, I think it should be Nesta, costa Curta, and I'll let you have Cannavaro here. Um... I do think Tosotti's got a go ahead of Zambrotta because he's actually... He's actually won it. He's uh, uh, Come on, he's cap- he captained a final team to beat Barcelona 4-0. Yeah. Like, come. Like, and he's won a European Cup. And he kept a clean sheet. Like, yeah. He, sorry, Zambrotta. Perlo Gattuso Del Piero had Filippo Onzaghi were the same. And yeah, I don't care between Massaro and Totti. Yeah, I just went to a length of service on that one. Yeah. Um, Who do you? I'll let you have the final say. I, I, I'm, I'm taking the lead and putting Perutian instead of Buffon. But I'll let you decide between Massaro with his two goals in the final and one in the semi-final versus Totti with his length of service. I uh, will go. Yeah, we'll go with the Champions League performances. Got it. Pardon this interruption. This is editing Aaron here. Just listening back to that, and I'm a bit ashamed of myself that I didn't include Franco Baresi in my team. Uh, I spoke with Dan about this, and although he was at his best before the Champions League, he still won it with AC Milan in 93-94 season. So I'm a bit ashamed of myself that I didn't 
get him in. So after all this kind of oral debate, I'm going to have to go back, take Cannavaro out of my team and put Franco Baresi in my team. Anyways, back to the show. So there's our Italian 11s. Um, did our best with very, very little information, to be honest. But um, I've got it's a such feeling. a hard challenge. It is. Like that one, I was like, oh yeah, we'll do this. I mean, that's why I didn't do the Bundesliga one. There are like, <laughs> there's like two buy-in teams that have won it. So I was like, <laughs> nah, sod this. Um, hopefully the Prem team and the La Liga team are going to be much easier because everything's our lifetime for these. Absolutely yeah. everything. So this is going to be really interesting, the Prem team, because uh, there's a few there's a few positions that I really struggled to choose and some that I was desperate even to find a player to put in, <clears throat> the goalkeeper. So who do you have for your goalkeeper? Uh, I went with David Seaman. Okay. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Just because he was the best English goalkeeper, in my opinion, to have played in the Champions League. Yeah, I can't disagree with you. Uh, but, but in yeah. terms of winning it, what's actually really funny? <laughs> <laughs> I, know, that... I, I know what you're going to say. Ross Turnbull. <laughs> oh, no, that's not what I was going to say. Oh, is that what you're going to say? Oh, go for it then. Go for it. What are you going to say? The last English goalkeeper to make a save was Kyle Walker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why didn't we put him in? I have him on my bench. Because <laughs> <laughs> he gets uh, a clean sheet for them 11 minutes. Class. He's, um... It was, oh, it was so funny. That, his little parry, bless him. <laughs> He's buzzing afterwards as well, wasn't he? What was the final score for that game? Didn't they lose? It, if, no, it drew. Oh, that, drew. At, Atlanta drew that game. Yeah, it was 1-1, right? 2-2, two, two, I think. Oh, just delete that bit of the conversation. I'm like an idiot, Aaron. Okay. <laughs> you don't Either have to. Either way, Kyle, Kyle Yeah, Walker nil, nil. Oh, one, one. Oh, yeah, no, it was two, two. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that one, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll fact check. Cheers. Um, yeah, because Claudio Bravo got sent off, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I knew I knew something about that game. Oh, sorry. It was, yeah, it was 1-1. One, one. Yes. I got 2-1. Two, 2-2. Two, two, Get in. Uh, I went for Joe Hart. Um, and I've, ri- I've written down... Because he had a few good games. Because uh, there were in that group of... I remember there was that group of death game. So it was um, Madrid, Man City, Dortmund and Ajax all in one group. And that game, Man City versus Dortmund, the two goalkeepers, I believe it was him and uh, Weidenfeller, were just out of this world good. It, it was like... I don't know, like you just switched on ultimate difficulty on FIFA or something. The saves they were making were incredible. And that's literally all I had to go on. Technically, I, th- I think the only... I think, I might be wrong, but I think the only English goalkeeper to win a Champions League medal is Ross Turnbull. When he played for Chelsea. Yeah, and he didn't play. He was just yeah, he was the substitute yeah. goalkeeper. Stole yeah. a living. Mm-hmm. He, was, he got so many medals playing for Chelsea. Just being on the bench. But um, that it's by far and away of... All the teams, the weakest area, the English. I mean, England have struggled with goalkeepers, let's be honest. Compared yeah. to other nations, we've not produced the best, really. Um, back four, 
Uh, did you have a back four? I've gone for I've gone for a four three three. I don't know what you've gone for. Uh, I went four three three as well. Oh, that's good. Let's go one by one then. Right back. I went with Gary Neville. Same one in ninety nine. He was the club captain in two thousand and eight. Uh, the only other choice. So I went for four subs on this one, with a right okay. back being there. And that's Wes Brown. Uh, won it. In, won it in two thousand and eight at right back, and he was on the bench in ninety nine. Uh, I had uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Okay, just That's for it. his corner. Well, oh, he won it. I suppose he has won it. Yeah, he's won it. So, oh, that's fair enough. I'm a fool. And interestingly, compared to all the, so when I first got given the challenge, I quickly brainstormed people who first sprung to my mind. Yeah, and I came up with four right backs. Really? Yeah. Who, so who are your four right backs? So I had Kyle Walker because he was put into the team of the decade. Okay. For the Premier League. Fair enough. And then that was on TV on Saturday. So it's yeah. the most recent football in my mind. <laughs> uh, Seems so long ago now. Glenn Johnson. Glenn Johnson. Yeah, he is um Yeah, he was alright. But he signed after Liverpool won it and he played in the two thousand and seven final, right? Yeah. And yeah. Gary Neville and Trent. Trent Alexander-Arnold. And Gary Neville, for his whole career, had 35 assists. Glenn Johnson, 28. Kyle Walker, 27. Trent Alexander-Arnold already has 25 career assists. Yeah, you know what? I've... Um... In the league, quote, like he has more in the Champions League. But that's, that's all Premier League. Even though we've both picked Gary Neville, I'm changing to Trent. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um scribbling Gary out and putting well Trent has has he played in two finals though did he play against Real Madrid at right back I can't remember great question so I will be able to tell you and also he kept a clean sheet against Spurs and that was when Spurs could score I mean they weren't in a particularly great run of form but yeah he did play against Real Madrid, so he's played and, in two finals. And I think Gary, I think Trent's contribution to them winning was better than than Gary Neville's. Like for for Trent's performance against Barcelona, it was absolutely out of this world. Yeah, like Gary Neville was just solid. Seven way out of ten every game, except for that howl he had against Man City when he got pushed over by Sean Gorder. But um, other than that, like he was very consistent, very solid. Yeah. The, the one thing I would say about Gary Neville is I think he probably played against better teams. Yeah. Like that Bayern Munich team, that Juventus team. So it's difficult, but I'd actually, yeah, would go with Trent. And I think Trent's obviously got the potential for the future as well. He's going to play in more Champions Leagues. Um. Yeah, I've changed my mind. Trent. I hadn't even thought about it, but yeah, Trent. Sorry, um, sorry, Gaz. Like, it, it is that thing, like, do you have... It's like, which style of play? Like, Gary Neville, although he did get a few assists, he wasn't really an attacking fullback. Yeah. I would, in my mind. Like, not, he, not in the he recent... He was. He... Not in the recent term, is it? Like, you wouldn't use him to uh, fit the current trend of attacking I, fullback. I disagree. Would you? Yeah, when um again, I think it was because around the time when you started watching football, it was the end of his career. 
he was like the first English overlapping fullback. Like him and David Beckham, what made them so dangerous was obviously he'd give the ball to Beckham and Beckham and then and then he would run round David Beckham so that if the defender pressed Beckham, he'd pass it to Gary Neville, who had a great cross. And if the defender covered Gary Neville's run, Beckham could cross it. That was their entire game plan in a four four two. No, like, so like I, but Gary Neville would overlap all the time and he did get a few goals as well. Yeah, but like I meant like in the recent term where defending isn't their focus. Oh, okay, fair enough. That's yeah. what I meant. Sorry. Yeah. Like, I knew I knew David Beckham and Gary Neville had that connection. Yeah. When I watched the commemoration, like the anniversary event of the Bayern Munich Man United game. Yeah. Like the Legends game. They still had that connection, and I think. But in terms of, with if you compared Gary Neville with Trent, a lot of people say, "Oh, Trent Alexander Arnold can't defend." Yeah, and so, but you don't really hear that about Gary Neville. Yeah, yeah, no, Gar- later in his career. Yeah, when when he was older, he struggled a bit. I'd say Trent is better going forward than Gary, and Gary is. I'm just saying them by the first names. Like my mates. Um, yeah, Gary Neville was considerably better at defending. But Gary Neville also was originally a centre-back and he had to get moved out to full-back because he wasn't quite good enough at defending as a centre-back. Right. Um, also, because of he, he was genuinely really good, what I would say is Gary Neville was better going forward than what Trent Alexander-Arnold is at defending. So I'd probably say Gary Neville, even though everyone probably thinks Trent's the better fullback. I'd say Gary Neville's the better fullback, but Trent is, how old is he, 20? 21, I think. Yeah, like, he's got so much time. Trent will be better. He's yeah. But defenders take time to get better. And just because he's got an unbelievable cross, for me, there's more to being a right-back than that. So, uh, unpopular opinion time. Trent Alexander-Ronald isn't the best right-back in the world just because he's got the best delivery. Um... Because I just I don't think he's good enough at defending yet. But again, it's not because I think he's a bad player. I think it's because he's young. Mm-hmm. And every player needs time, especially young defenders. Defenders reach maturity much later. Yeah. Um, that's a that's an argument for another day, though. Centre-backs, it took me ages to do these. Yeah. Who have you gone for? <clears throat> On Champions League, uh, just in terms of winning. Yeah. Uh, John Terry, Real Ferdinand. Well, we'll start with Rio because that was absolute agreeance. Um, won in 2008, finished runner up twice, one of the best defenders in the world. And they were up against the best team of that era. Yeah, they would have won more if it hadn't have been for the generational talent of Barcelona. Yeah. Like one of the best club teams ever in the history of football. And they had to come up against them twice. Yep. Coming up against one of the best players in the history of football and Messi alone would have been tough without the rest of them. So I do I do feel for him. Um, John Terry is in my team, but it took me a while to put him there. Um, I don't like him as a person. Yeah, like... I don't, I don't know many people who do. Yeah, he's love life aside. Um 
to be fair, you think Wayne Bridge had forgiven by now with the fact that he managed to bin off his average fiance and then get Frankie from the Saturdays. Yeah. I'd be sending John Terry a Christmas card every year. Um, in terms of a player, though, uh, runner-up in 2008, he he did miss the pen, but it was a slip. Like I don't think it was massively his fault. If he hadn't slipped, if it wasn't lashing it down with the rain in Russia, I think he probably would have scored and he'd have two winners medals. Um, I was just constantly to and fro because he didn't play when they won, even though he lifted the trophy. But he was the club captain and he was so crucial throughout that entire campaign. Like, I, If he wasn't playing, they wouldn't have got to the final. Yeah, but then seeing him come out in his full kit, he got the thing is, UEFA told him he had to do it if he wanted to lift the trophy, so of course he did. But it's just, it just still seemed absolutely awful. The memes were quality afterwards, though, so that's another plus for him. Uh, he did score 10 Champions League goals for Chelsea, and I remember he scored some, he scored some really, really crucial ones. He, he got a winner against um Barcelona, the header where they won, um. When a Stamford Bridge to go through, they went like three 0 up really quickly in that game. I think they ended up winning the game four two, and it was his his goal sent them through. the The player I was thinking of, other than him, he was on my bench ultimately. Saul Campbell. He got robbed of a Champions League because yeah. of Jens Lehmann getting sent off. He scored the opening goal. They got beat two one in the end by Barcelona, but Arsenal were brilliant and throughout the tournament clean sheets against the likes of Real Madrid he was absolutely quality if they had won that last if Arsenal had won it that year I would have put Saul Campbell in but ultimately even though he didn't play the final John Terry if anything I think they would have, he would have made Chelsea stronger in the final so yeah he went in he went in eventually John Terry I was debating with Saul Campbell as well uh, just his even not even in the Champions League, but in the Premier League, just his contribution for Arsenal. He's, he's such an underrated player. Yeah, he's as annoying... well as injuries, I think, yeah. dampened his reputation. He's annoying as a manager, but um, <laughs> but yeah, as a player, unbelievable. Left back, guaranteed. We've both got the same player, Ashley Cole. Yeah, yeah. Um. Best left back in the world at one point. Won the Champions League in 2012. Finished runner-up in 2006 with Arsenal and 2008 with Chelsea. He scored in both penalty shootouts that he was involved in. He's absolute mustard. Let's be honest. Ashley Cole. Yeah, I have I have no arguments. I didn't even put. It, I didn't even bother looking for another left back. Yeah, it was again when I was making this team. I just straight away straight away there wasn't an argument the only thing that I was concerned about was whether he played for Chelsea at the time when they won it because I just couldn't remember the years are a blur had a look as it yeah he did thankfully straight in Um, so over three midfielders who are your three midfielders I'd be surprised if we don't have the same three here Uh, that's interesting so I've got Frank Lampard yep Steven Gerrard. Yep. Paul Scholes. So we are the same for all three. However. Oh, God. It's so hard not to have Hargreaves 
in the team. Really? He won, He's he, the one. He won it with Manchester United and Bayern Munich. Yeah. So, but that's the reason why I didn't put him in was because you wouldn't buy Munich. Bund- yeah, Bundesliga. So that was what it was. But he's won the Champions League twice. It's fair enough. Did he play when the won it the first time? He scored in the shootout. But I mean, Manu. I mean for Bayern Munich. Yep, he was the starter. Was he? Oh, that's yep. fair enough. Uh, and he's got a couple of runners-up medals as well for Man United, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, fair enough. Yeah, in terms of the stats, Paul scores 24 Champions League goals, um, which is absolutely brilliant. He's won it in 2008. He was suspended for 2009, but was integral to the team that got to the final. Um, and he's, uh, he's finished a runner-up once. He's been described as one of the best centre midfielders in the world by the likes of Xavi and Iniesta and Zidane, Cristiano Ronaldo. He's unbelievable, Paul Scholes. Um, Frank Lampard, really good. Won, um, again, massively underrated, if I say really good. Won the Champions League in 2012. He scored in 2008. He scored in the Penn shootouts for both 2008 and 2012. And he's got 23 Champions League goals. And he was integral to so many times Chelsea getting through. Absolutely brilliant. He's sort of more my attacking side of the midfield. And then, yeah, Steven Gerrard, box to box. 21 goals in the Champions League, including so many crucial ones when they won it. The goal against Olympiacos for, oh, Gerrard, you beauty, mm-hmm. is one of the most overplayed things in the world. Even people, when they write things on Facebook or anything as all you beauty from um, another sexist commentator but um, it's really iconic that goal the commentary yeah he won in 2005 he got man of the match in 2005 he scored in 2005 he won the pen in 2005 um, he was runner up in 2007 undisputed really going the one player that I had on my bench from midfield was Jordan Henderson um, he got to a final and he's won it with Liverpool. So, yeah, I'll I thought that would um, be an interesting sort of fight, him versus uh, Owen Hargreaves. That would be really interesting. Like I said, the only reason Hargreaves probably didn't get in there was because... It, the Bayern Munich thing. Yeah. yeah, he probably played his best football for Bayern Munich and yeah. not for Manchester United. That's fair. Um, so, interesting here for wingers, but because um, neither of mine are traditionally wingers. So oh, goodness. Who you gone for? Well, Owen Hargreaves was a winger for... <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I've got David Beckham. Yeah, me too, on the right. He's yeah. a midfielder, centre mid or right mid, predominantly right mid, obviously. Played in the final for Champions League in 99 as centre mid, though. But um, yeah, won in 99. He got an assist in 99. And he got that other vital corner in 99. And he just ran all game. I remember him being absolutely brilliant in that game. Who, so, have, yeah. you got, who have you got a left winger? Well, I've gone not for a traditional left wing. I've sort of 
like in my team, my forward likes to operate in different levels of space. So I've got to occupy, he can play out wide, but to occupy the space that the striker leaves, Wayne Rooney. Interesting. Uh, 30 goals in 80 games. He got a hat-trick on his Champions League debut. He won it in 2008. He scored in the 2011 final. He's finished runner-up twice. So, like, he had to go in. But when um, they played for Man United, he was just everywhere. Like, he's played as a number 10. He's played as a number 9. He's played out on the wide on both sides. He used to have a little thing with Ronaldo where he'd make a run and Ronaldo would run into that space. I think Wayne Renew could operate that role. Um, but he yeah. likes to be involved. So I thought it gives him a chance to pick up the ball a bit deeper if he's out wide. But again, when the when the striker, because when I tell you the striker runs everywhere, drops deep, goes wide, channels, everything, it allows Wayne Rooney to occupy that space as well, to get in behind. Right. That's what I went for. Who's your left winger? <laughs> so, yeah, sorry, I've, I was just checking. Hargreaves was a right winger. Was when, he actually? When United won the Champions League. Yeah, they had a weird formation, didn't they? Yeah, like it wasn't like it wasn't quite that because didn't have Tevez, Rooney, and Ronaldo front. Yeah, yeah. So he was like, it wasn't quite like that. But yeah, yeah. I just laughed. <laughs> I just had to make sure before before you thought you were crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I was like, I'm sure he was. Like, I'm sure he did get played as a winger, but I just wanted to to double check. Yeah, I so... think it was um, Fergie used to like to play like him or Sunji Park. As wide players, but just to cover. It was like it was because Wes Brown played right back in the game, and it's like to it was to help cover left wingers, I think to to like to because Ever was on Ever was left back, so he could do the running. Whereas I don't think I think Wes Brown was there as more of like a solid figure. And when Patrice Ever would bomb up, he'd come round and the three of them would occupy the space. So you'd need a defensive-minded right-sided midfielder to fill that slot. I think that's the way it worked for Man United. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So I had... You sounded so interested. <laughs> interesting. I... Okay. Shut up, Dan. Move it on. Pretty much. <laughs> so I've had such a dilemma with left-wingers. Again, yeah. uh, that's two teams in a row now. So, actually, it's a theme that continues for all the teams. And so, originally, I was like, John Barnes. And I was like, nope, he... It was way too early, I think. He did play... He was playing for Liverpool at the start of the Champions League. Like, okay. he was a Liverpool player, but didn't do anything. Yeah. Raheem Sterling. I was thinking of Raheem. He scored quite a few goals. I was thinking of Raheem. But Man City still haven't won it or got to a final. Yeah. So I'm going to go with, because you've made this criteria of has to do well in the Champions League. We're going to stick Ryan Bertrand there. Because he, he won in the final. Yeah. Yeah. And so, sorry, Sterling, you were in my team until Dan made this criteria. I'm... I'd still have Sterling over Ryan Bertrand because, yeah, like, fair enough, he won, but did he do much? I think when Man City went out, Raheem Sterling played well enough to win a Champions League that year. Like, he scored 
an outrageous amount of goals. His problem was a VAR. Like, they would have went through if it wasn't for Aguero's goal being disallowed because he was a quarter of an inch offside or something. I appreciate, yes, he is technically offside, it's the rules, but without VAR, that wasn't being given. And with how Liverpool played in that final, I reckon Man City probably would have beat them. I, I, I am kidding, I did pick Sterling. Good. <laughs> but yeah, right. I did see Ryan Bertrand had played in that final because I thought um, I didn't know who was who played there. So I was like, oh goodness, couldn't get him in. Yeah. Who's, so yeah, yeah. I've got Beckham on right wing, Sterling on the left, and even though he hasn't done like he hasn't gotten too far in the Champions League, his contribution would be sorely missed for Man City if he wasn't there. Yeah. So he has to be in. Especially for last year's Champions League, like he deserved to win it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so, striker, I did have Wayne Rooney. You've got him on the left. Yeah. So I had Wayne Rooney in there. I was going to pick Alan Shearer, but <laughs> uh, he has scored a Champions League hat trick against Bayer Leverkusen. Alan Shearer at a three-one win. Um, I went for Harry Kane. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. Uh, yeah, he's got. He's played in the Champions League final. He was injured for it because he was injured for the semis as well. But he's the fastest player in the Champions League history to score twenty goals. He's got twenty goals in twenty-four games. Oh wow! Like it's a better record than anyone. I think. <laughs> like obviously, in terms of goals to games and goals to minutes and stuff like that, and. Without him, I mean, you can see how Spurs have done this year without him. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I know they're missing Son as well, and Son's world class. But yeah, like when you've when you've scored goals at that rate quicker than some of the people that we've got in that La Liga team, I'm about to bring up. Like, yeah, yeah, you have to be put in. Also, um, yeah, I don't know. I just. I just went with that. He has played in a final. He did get his team there. I know like, Lucas Moura was like really important in the semi-finals. But Harry Kane was injured, so he didn't get a chance to play in it. Um, and Harry Kane had done the work that far. Has he only played in, like... Is this the only third season in the Champions League? I don't. I wouldn't know the exact number, but he hasn't been in the Champions League for yeah. that long. Yeah, he's... Um, yeah, he had to be in for me. So we've got... You're going to have David Seaman. For, oh, wait, oh, who you got on your bench? Oh, you've named all your subs, haven't you? Yeah, I had Shearer, Hargreaves. You got Shearer on the bench? <laughs> Compared to Rudy, like, it's, <laughs> yeah. hard, you, it's hard to pick between the two. Like, she, no, I'm not saying that. I mean, is it, I can't believe you've got Shearer on your bench. It, like, in terms of in this conversation at all, like, he's the best, in my opinion... He's the best striker the Premier League's ever seen. But now for the Champions League, obviously. I know he did score the hat-trick. But he, I think he's only got like five or six Champions League goals or something. Still. Um, I'm, at least I'm true to my team, unlike you. Sorry. Uh, Campbell. Oh, I've got, John, uh, I've got and, Sol Campbell in, yeah. And Trent. Um I've got Saul Campbell played for Newcastle on my bench. Um, yeah, <laughs> I've got Teddy Sheringham. Uh, he scored a goal in the Champions League final. 
and got an assist in the Champions League final and won the Champions League. And also, by the way, the amount of headers that he scored, imagine Beckham and Trent whipping balls in for him. Yeah, that would be good. That would be tasty. Like, if you need... Like, he's the best sub I've got in terms of, like, fitting into a system. Teddy Sheridan. Yeah. Absolutely outrageous. Uh, who Did you pick a manager? No. <laughs> yeah. This was really hard because Sir Alex Ferguson's Scottish. Yeah. It, and uh, all the other managers were were foreign. Yeah. So well. European Cup would have loads to choose from. Oh, yeah. 100%. So I've had to go stick to my roots. You'll be happy with this. So Bobby Robson. Okay. I can, I can deal with that. Like... He's an English manager that's actually been in the Champions League. I think that he might be the only one. Had a couple of years in Newcastle. And like we got through the second... Because this was um, there was two group stages. Yeah. Got through the second group stage. Take that. Especially, also, first team... I'm sure we mentioned this before, to lose the first three games and still qualify. Beat a quality Juventus team 1-0. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, take it. Um, yeah, I don't care between Joe... Hart and David Seaman. I literally don't care. You can choose. David Seaman. We've got we're back four the same. Um yeah. we've got Beckham. I'd go for Kane and Rooney over Sterling and Rooney. What would you do? I would say Sterling's a better player than Kane. What? No chance. Nah. I can't believe you said that. But now that I think about it, I just wasn't expecting Kane at all in that yeah. conversation. I I would definitely, if I had to pick a team, I would have Sterling over Kane. I'm not. A, I, I don't like Harry Kane. I'd say like, nothing though. Yeah, like he's annoying. He's very very annoying. And but Raheem Sterling's annoying. They're both annoying until they win the Euros in twenty twenty one for England. Go, go, lads. Go I, boys. I'll have. I'll, how about this? We'll have Rooney left and Shearer through the middle. <laughs> Shut up, man. I, by the way, if if we were making a team that we'd want to play in the Champions League, Alan Shearer would be in this team. Like yeah. prime nineteen ninety five Alan Shearer or nineteen ninety four, whenever he scored all those goals for Blackburn. Ninety five. Um. Yeah, fair enough. But he, it's a Champions League team and he doesn't really have the Champions League credentials except for that hat-trick, which I watched the other night, actually. Um, it wasn't... I mean, every hat-trick's great, but as far as hat-tricks go, it wasn't the best hat-trick in the world. Um, yeah, but uh, Sterling is a left-winger, though. And Kate Rooney, even though he played there later in his career... I wouldn't. He's nowhere near the best at well, left wing. You're more like it's better to play a four four one one and have Rooney behind Kane. But then again, both of them would occupy the same space. I think. Well, not the way. That, well, that's the thing with Rooney. The entire point with Rooney and Ronaldo, because Ronaldo would play at wide, was Rooney would pull out to the wing. So, like, they'd st- they'd start in the opposite positions. Rooney would then move out wide to draw the centre-back out, and Ronaldo would run in. That's how Ronaldo scored so many goals. So, Rooney 
can play out there. And also, he was trained in a sense where he was doing it with Ronaldo all the time. And Rooney's played centre midfield, holding midfield, centre attacking midfield. Like, he can play anywhere. And Wayne Rooney is a better player than Raheem Sterling. Yeah. Like, Raheem Sterling, fair enough. Like, his numbers for last season, the beginning of this season, last season, were outrageous. But it's one, it's one season. And he didn't even get to the final. Like, ha- like Harry Kane has scored 20 goals in 24 games in the Champions League. He's got the best record of anyone. He's only one goal behind Steven Gerrard already. He's played two seasons or something. Fair enough, but Gerrard's a midfielder. But Gerrard did take pens. Oh, I suppose Harry Kane take pens. I'm arguing myself out of this. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like... I'd rather, like... Look, I'm not saying I'm a big Harry Kane fan at all, but I'd have him over Rooney. But then Rooney has at least won it. Yeah, you've got to have Rooney in there. So we'll pretend that Sterling and Kane got red carded and they're playing with 10 men. Okay. Um, or we can do, we can um, have Harry Kane and Wayne Rooney up front go to 4 4 2 and play Sven Goran Eriksson tactics of putting Paul's goals on the left. <laughs> and okay, on to the La Liga team. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Gonna have to stop you there, Dan. And fortunately, the people have better things to do with their time than listen to us through our bad mics for about two hours. So what we're going to do is split this episode into two parts. The part two, which will have the La Liga and Bundesliga teams, that'll be out tomorrow. Come back tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this bonus episode and see you again soon.